0: Hi friends, I'm Catherine Means. Welcome to Unlearning the Narrative of Singleness. You are listening to Episode 10, Navigating Christian Singleness. This podcast is for you if you have a single loved one, if you are endeavoring to raise teenagers in a relationship-obsessed culture, if you're a leader in the body of Christ, and last, but certainly not least, a single person yourself come along as we expose the idol the church has made of marriage by unlearning the narrative of singleness. We aren't unlearning for the sake of being divisive in an ever-segmented, fractured, and divided world, but to cast a vision for what a whole body of Christ could look like if we stopped elevating marriage, all while ignoring the largest unreached people group in our communities, the single adult. Changing the culture isn't easy, but it starts out with the words we use and the stories we tell. Let's learn to tell a new story about singleness together. Hey friends, before we get into our conversation today, I wanted to tell you about some fun ways you can connect with me outside of listening to this podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, did you know there are questions and polls you can answer and take part in that, that's going to really help me curate new episodes that will be most helpful to my listeners. I also have a newsletter you can sign up for at my website, katherinemeans.com. While you're there, check out the coaching page. It's new. Uh, it's new there and find out how you can work with me to learn to love your right now life. And last but not least, I'll be speaking at a virtual summit on April 25th through the 27th called Navigating Christian Singleness. It will be three days full of speakers and helpful resources that won't just help you navigate your singleness as a Christ follower, but will also help you find true fulfillment on the path God has you on today. And that leads me to today's conversation with one of the hosts. Philip Wilder. That name may sound familiar to some of you unlearners as he's the co author of Single Isn't Second Best, the book we talked to C.E. White about on episode five. Philip Wilder is a missionary, author, evangelist, drone pilot, and an all around adventurer. He's traveled to over 30 countries, written seven books, including Single Isn't Second Best, shifting the perspective on Christian singleness, and now serves with the Great Commission Alliance. Philip has a passion for encouraging believers to adventurous and Christ-filled lives through wild steps of faith, and I am so glad he agreed to talk with me about the summit. As you listen, I want to challenge you to think of three people, at least three people, who could benefit from the summit and start thinking of ways you can encourage them to attend. Let's get into it. Hey, Philip, you're coming to us from where? Where are you coming to us from?
1: From Colorado, about an hour north. Well, I guess just near Fort Collins, Colorado. So wow. About an hour north of Denver. Yeah.
0: So it is going to be a high of 85 here in Georgia tomorrow. What's the high in Colorado?
1: <laughs> I think we're getting snow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> unfair. Totally unfair. Man, we had very little. We had a very little winter.
1: Um Oh, we That's, had a winter. So Did
0: you? Did you? Well, tell us tell us about that. What's life like in Colorado? Tell us about yourself.
1: Well, um I mean, life in Colorado is great. I love it. I mean, I always brag about the mountains, I think every Coloradan does. I mean, why uh-huh. would you live in Colorado if you don't like the mountains? Uh-huh. <laughs> My favorite thing about the mountains is they're good all four seasons. I mean, beaches are great, you know, they're awesome. And like desert canyons are also great, but like they're kind of there's seasons where they're just not all that awesome. You know, mm. what What do you do at the beach in the middle of winter? Not, not a whole lot, you know, it's uh-uh. too cold to get in the yeah. water, but like the mountains, you got snowboarding in the winter. You've got beautiful spring flowers in the spring. You got, well, summer, summer's just great. I mean, <laughs> no better time to be in the mountains than in summer, but then also you got the fall colors in the fall, of course, not nearly to the degree as you guys have over there in Georgia. So yeah. That I'm a little bit jealous of. But um yeah. yeah, I love living in Colorado. I grew up in Denver, one of the few natives that I know. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I know a lot of natives, but most people tell me, like, what you actually grew up there? Because so many people have moved to the area yeah. recently. Yeah. But yeah, so I love living okay. in Colorado.
0: So what else? What else do we need to know about Philip?
1: About Philip. Well, um, I mean, there's a lot that I could tell you, but I think. <laughs> I love adventuring. That's just one of my favorite things. Um, One of my dreams is to just go and live out in the wild for a few months. I don't know how I do, but that just sounds really awesome. Um, (laughs) Recently, I've been toying with the idea of going on the TV show Survivor. I think I'm going to have to try out for that. Who knows if I'll actually get on. I love to travel, but I mean, I guess one thing that I don't really tell people much about, like the thing that I really love is just finding analogies of God in the gospel, in mm. creation, because mm-hmm. it is abundant. Like it is everywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: And like from a tree to a rock to even a stinking stick or the seasons or mm-hmm. the planets, you know, the universe, gravity, like all these different things. It's just <laughs> like, I like to write fiction books. Maybe that's another thing I could yeah, say about myself. Yeah. I love writing fiction books. Um, I've written several. I finished the first one when I was 16. Um, wow. Now I've finished about eight fiction novels. Um so that's kind of my heart. Nonfiction books are kind of like just an extra side passion, but mm-hmm. like my real passion is writing these stories. I love stories. Mm. just using stories to show what God's desire is for us as Christians. Like what is this grand adventure he's called us to called life? Yeah. And how can we step out and fully embrace that if we're not limited by fear? And so I come up with crazy scenarios <laughs> to show that, but, um, one of the things I just love about writing is like, you know, as good of a writer as you can be, every single character is going to bear resemblance to you in one way or another. Mm. Or just simply how they see the world that's going to bear resemblance to you, you know? Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can look at a picture and I could look at a picture. And if we described it to different people, we'd use very different words. Yeah. Because we just see things differently. You might focus more on the trees. I might focus on the reflections of a lake or something, you know? Mm-hmm. You might focus on how fast the wind is going. Like, if there's a storm coming, I don't know. But, like, we all focus on different things. And so how we write fiction novels or just anything Uh is going to be telling it from our perspective. And this comes back around to God writing creation. Uh You know, if everything I write bears my fingerprints, then wouldn't that be the same for God? Yeah, that's so good. And so I love going out and just discovering those fingerprints written Uh everywhere, like the gospel written into the seasons. Like the more I think about it, the more it just blows my mind. It's like, oh my gosh, like this has to be God.
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. yeah, well I mean we can't have spring without the death of fall. Yeah. We can't. But and... like
1: even more than that like I think like if you look at I think you can there's three layers. Sorry, I could talk for hours about this, <laughs> but I think there's three layers with like with it all like you can layer a person's spiritual growth over like human history over the seasons. Mm -hmm. and what we see in every single one is it starts off with like the death of winter you know Mm -hmm. like after the fall in the garden like creation was dead yeah it just was dead and lying dormant for so long and then what has to change for that to like what needs to happen in order to go from winter to spring Mm -hmm. well you need the light the warmth of the sun Mm -hmm. to come and warm up like all of creation and Mm -hmm. so it's like and then what do plants have to do in order to like grow well they have to receive that warmth like if they Mm -hmm. don't receive that warmth they're just dead trees you know like Mm -hmm. they have to respond to that warmth just as jesus came in the spring you -hmm. know and died on the cross in the spring and rose again in the spring so that then now we can have eternal life respond to that love and then we can grow we can be vibrant and there is an end coming we can see the signs of that end coming just as jesus says you know but we never know when that end is anyways i'll stop talking about like no, it's I guess, good. I I,
0: I I love it and I absolutely agree. I think that we can see God in in yeah. um creation. I also you were talking about the fingerprint and I love seeing that and finding that in another image bearer and, and yeah. another image bearer story, um, yeah. how it's all, it's so unique. And he yeah. has not called us to live cookie cutter lives. They're different. And that is kind of what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. But um, you and I are connected through Connie. C. Mm-hmm. E. White, who is your who is a co-author of the book that I know you from, "Single isn't uh, isn't second best," uh, shifting the perspective on Christian singleness, and we she was on episode five, and we got to talk about her chapters. Um, but I'd love to hear your heart about because we heard from Connie, um, but I'd love to hear your heart behind why single isn't second best was the next right book for you to write. And why as a married man, um, did you want to write a book about singleness?
1: Yeah. Where do I start? Uh, (laughs) I think, well, first of all, I spoke about singleness before I got married. Okay. Because I saw many people who were not embracing their singleness and were idolizing marriage. You know, I saw that before mm-hmm. I got married, but I'm honestly glad I didn't write a book until after I got married
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I was idolizing marriage. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got married that I truly recognized how much I was idolizing marriage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so if I had written this book before I got married, I'm sure to some degree that idolatry I had in my heart would have slid into the pages somehow. Mm-hmm and so i'm really glad that it wasn't until i got married that i could actually write about it and connie says this all the time and i just think it's so true but like um we heard a guy speak at a conference we were both at and he said like who better to tell you about how a million dollars isn't going to satisfy you than a millionaire
2: mm-hmm. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. so
1: who better to talk about how marriage isn't going to be the answer to everything that mm-hmm. a single might hope it to be than married people Mm -hmm. and I know that sometimes like many married people haven't done that well and that's kind of unfortunate but yeah me like I grew up in a homeschooled Christian family Mm -hmm. and I didn't get married until I just passed my 27th birthday which Mm -hmm. is not crazy I know that that's not (laughs) crazy I'm not like I didn't have 40 years of singleness you know like that's my story I understand Mm -hmm. that but singleness was still really hard for me. I mean, yeah. both my older brothers got married by about the age of 24. My younger sister got married at the age of, I think, either 20, 20 21, I think she got married, mm-hmm. um, or 22. And so it's just like, I, I was like, what, what is going on, God? Like, yeah. I'm following you. Like, uh-huh. I, I was a missionary. I moved to the Middle East to do missions work because God was calling wow. me. I was like, clearly I've earned the right to get married, haven't I, God? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a big word.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And God was like, uh actually no, like <laughs> marriage is not the second level in life or third level in life, you uh. know. And so there's just a lot that I had to work through, like I thought I deserved marriage. Mm. and uh, God had to work a lot in my heart to help me to recognize that that's yeah. a very unhealthy perspective of marriage. I mean, imagine telling somebody you're engaged to like, yeah, I've earned the right to marry you like what <laughs> <laughs> that'd, just be that'd, be that'd be weird. That's not a very good thing. It's yeah. not a thing I mean, yeah,
0: it's not a thing we would ever say, but how often do the other words we use communicate the same thing? Exactly. I mean, we don't say it outright, but we absolutely live like we believe
1: that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had a lot of like quick encounters with people. Like, it seems like people who don't know you very well are sometimes the people that can like hurt you the most or mm. set you up to idolize marriage the most. Yeah. And Talk that, about like, that. I would, I would meet people at a conference, you know, it's was like, yeah, going to be a missionary in the Middle East. And they're like, Oh, wow. It's like, are you dating someone? It's like, no. And like. How could you not be dating someone? Is like what? Like what does that mean? <laughs> like I'm sorry, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what what yeah. do you want me to say to that? Like, yeah, there's some big glaring sin in my life, obviously because I'm not married. Like,
0: Ooh, talk you know, about that. Not,
1: yeah, that's not true. Like everyone, like looks to figure out like what is what is wrong with you why are yeah. you not married right now you know mm-hmm. because it's like on the outside like oh you're going to be a missionary in the middle east so therefore everything's right you should be getting married like mm-hmm. there should be like and i've had people tell me this too and it didn't really help either but like like girls should be lining up today. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, let's talk about humility now, <laughs> you know? Um, but there's a lot of people who would tell me like, you know, I'm praying that you'll find someone. And I mean, mm. deep down, like you can't help but want people to pray that because I mean, I wanted to get married. And so yeah,
2: I'm
1: down was glad people were praying that and I wanted people to pray that. But I just started recognizing like, is anyone praying that I would be satisfied in my singleness? Yeah,
0: wow. Doesn't that mm-hmm. seem a
1: little bit more important than me just getting married, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, marriage is great. It's God's gift. Like I'm married. So obviously I think it's a good thing, Yeah. but like God's called us to enjoy every single season, regardless of how long that season might Mm -hmm. last. And maybe it's just a unique path and it's not a season at all. It's just your path, you know? And so like, yeah, it's just like, I really wanted to learn to be grateful in my singleness. And it was just really hard to learn that. And I just had a lot of voices all over my life. And of course, my family was great about it. Like they weren't pushing me into it. (laughs) Though I should share my funny story of my dad who signed me up for farmers only, which we're not farmers. None of us are farmers. Somehow we ended up on farmers only. And I guess, you know, that's just what it had to be. (laughs) Um, And he also, my dad's a Messianic uh, Jew. So Christians who also like to follow the Old Testament laws and all. And so he signed me up also for Messianic Single. Apparently that's a thing. And it's like, okay. And like, again, like I kind of feel embarrassed of my younger self because it's like, as much as like, dad, seriously, it was also like, well, maybe this will be the place that right. I find that person. <laughs> right. And like, I just think almost every single can relate to that. It's always going into the next stage of life, like, well, maybe this new mm-hmm. job, maybe this new church, maybe yeah. this new city, like whatever it yeah. is. It's always hoping that we'll find someone, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's I definitely. Should, been I should me. tell you, I should tell you how I met Connie because I think that's yeah, that's a really funny part. It was like four months after I got married. So I just got married. And I mean, all these things are kind of fresh in my mind. Cause I just seen so much like hurt and pain done to singles. And, you know, pastor saying, if you're single, raise your hand. Okay. Now everyone look around. It's like, Oh my gosh, stop, please. No way. <laughs> um, which I mean, that's not a bad thing, but it's just like, what is the emphasis? Like whenever you talk about singleness, is it always about you trying to find someone right. or like helping them find someone? Anyways, that aside. Um, I'd gone through all that hurt, gone through all that pain, um, got married, um, not because I figured it all out, not because I became satisfied in my singleness, but because that was God's timing, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not about earning it. It's just about following God. But, um, Connie and I were both in a fiction writer, a Christian fiction writer group called Realm Makers. And, uh, there's a Facebook group that they have. And Connie posted the Facebook group saying, like, hey, I'm thinking about writing a book about singleness and how, like, we're called to enjoy every stage of life that God puts us in, you know, every season or path that God has us on. And I don't feel like there's any books out there that really talk about how to be satisfied in your singleness Uh. or about why you should be satisfied in your singleness. And so... I don't see many posts on there because I'm a little too busy to really be active on there, but I saw that (laughs) post and there's like 400 comments on it. Wow. I was just reading through the comments and all these people saying different things. Like with every single comment, my heart was like, yes, this book needs to be written. Yes, 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 yes. And finally, when I got to the end of it, I was like, okay, this is crazy. I have no idea who this Connie White is, the CE books. Like, I don't even know if she's like solid in her faith, whatever. Like, You know what? Like I just commented on there. like, Hey, this needs to be written. Like You should definitely write this. And if it isn't so crazy, would you mind letting me co-write it with you? (laughs) And she's like, well, you know, I was thinking it would be good to have a guy's perspective in this. And so, yeah, maybe. And so uh, she read my book. I read her book just to make sure that we weren't Mm. crazy. And um, then now we have this book. Yeah. (laughs) But that's how I met. It's kind of funny. It's a cool God thing. Yeah.
0: So not only did that connection with Connie totally give us this gem of a book. So everybody who has not read it yet needs to go read it. Um, It's so good. And what I was telling you before we pushed record (laughs) is one of the reasons why I appreciate it as a single woman who's never been married in my forties is that it was, yes, it was written by two married people um, who had some pain and kind of angst in their singleness, but it was not filled with like super cliche, tired phrases. It was relatable and so real. And I trusted you guys immediately when I was reading it. I was like, they get it. They really get it. And, you know, you might have been 27, but I remember Mm -hmm. what it was like to be 25 and 26 and going, God, is this ever going to happen for me? And that, Mm -hmm. that, um, those lies that we believed, that phraseology that we just are hit with Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, if, if it's, if it has only happened for three years or if it's happened for 15 years, that's still a lot. And it's still more than we should as a part of the family of God should be exposed to even by those people who mean well. And I, I know believing the best of the people in my own life who have hurt me and just the first thing that, that comes to their mind is are you dating anybody? Um and that, that's the first thing that anybody asks from the age of like 21 to 31. And then I don't know why, Philip, but around 31 people just stopped asking me.
1: <laughs> mm. Is because that more hurtful or less I hurtful?
0: didn't know. I didn't know yeah. because I was like, wow, people just could have kind of given up on me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But um Anyway, it's what it is now. And I think probably it was because I just kind of zoomed past it and then wanted to actually talk about life. Hmm. Like, and maybe I trained my people to like not ask me that question anymore, or maybe hmm. they just felt sorry for me and they stopped. But um anyway, Which they
1: shouldn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they shouldn't. But but also I wasn't strong enough in my own conviction that there's nothing right. wrong with me, um, to kind of help them along. Right. You know, it's like, it's so unfortunate. One of the most unfortunate things about singleness and trying to unlearn and relearn is that a single person who is probably at some point struggling with their singleness with the Lord and, and are un- like, just, they don't understand. And they're asking the Lord why it is up to us to make the married person who loves us that is showing trying to show concern. It's up to us to make them feel better about our singleness. Hmm. And that's what it always felt like to me. I was like, why do I have to make you feel better about this hard thing in my life?
2: Right. And
0: and so that's why we just need to meet people where they are and just see them for who they are and not what they're missing or lacking and all of that. So, and that's
2: yeah.
0: single, married, that's anything. If somebody is struggling in their career, just see the person standing in front of you or sitting in yeah. front of you and, and, um, and the image bearer, the unique image bearer uh, of God in them. So, you guys wrote this book. You connected and wrote this book. And now there is this summit that is happening at the end of April, the 25th through the 27th. And I would love to hear your heart behind this. Tell us all about it.
1: Well, as you can guess, there's a lot to talk about in Mm -hmm. this topic. I mean, it seems like no one's talking about it. And Mm -hmm. so I think one of the biggest struggles of singles, especially older singles, you know, you get past 30, Mm -hmm. 40, whatever, is it just starts feeling more and more alone, Mm -hmm. you know, because friends do tend to get married, you know? Yeah. And that's great. Good for them. Awesome. You know? And so it's just very easy to feel like I am the only one experiencing that. Yeah. And I think immediately we have to catch ourselves whenever we have that thought because we're never alone. Right. (laughs) You might not have people around you right now who aren't experiencing that same thing, but there Mm -hmm. are people out there we're going through that exact same thing. And that's Mm. one thing that I just think is really exciting about the summit is we're getting together a bunch of voices. So it's not just Connie and I anymore, you know, it's not just us sharing our thoughts, you know, it's a whole bunch of other people who have also felt the same pain, also feel the need to speak out about it. And we're also starting a Facebook group through Mm. this as well too, so that hopefully these singles who, you know, find out about the summit can then find a community of people who, understand the difficulties of being single mm-hmm. and understand they get difficulties of being in a church or in a culture mm-hmm. that doesn't understand singleness and thinks mm-hmm. that everyone has to be married to be happy you know yeah and so I think there's a power in coming together and connecting that can just really help shed a lot of the pain mm-hmm. of singleness because there's that lie that creeps in. I, I I know it crept in for me all the hmm. time and maybe it has for you or maybe it has for you guys listening, but hmm. like the fear of if I don't get married, I am going to end up as that lonely person in my house who has no friends, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's yeah. a lie, you know, yeah. okay, maybe that could happen, but there's so much you can do outside of just getting married to prevent yeah. that. And Mm -hmm. honestly, sometimes it's the married people who end up just like that. Yeah. (laughs) So like we Mm. need to be, we need to be fighting these lies. And one of the ways to fight it is in community. So I'm just really excited to, um, as I've been meeting all the people presenting and Mm. all, I'm just so excited because they have such great insight. Mm. Um, they're such great people as well too. And Mm. I mean, it's a free summit, so anyone yeah. can join in, pop in and pop out. I definitely would encourage people to buy the all-access pass, which is only $27 right now. Which
0: is a steal.
1: Yeah. It really is because a steal. Because then you can keep watching it over and over, but um, yeah. there's going to be so much content each day that like... you to yeah. have to
0: take three days of work off. You might and as well almost, buy it. Almost, yeah.
1: <laughs> We're going to have like, I think six or seven hours of content each wow. day. And That's so, incredible. Like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I was super Mm -hmm. excited for it, but yeah. uh, Yeah. So,
0: (laughs) Hey, so going back to something that you said um, earlier, when you just started talking about it, you said people aren't talking about this in this way. And I would love to hear just your opinion of why you think that is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of a new topic. Okay. Because, I don't want to go a ton into like American history or Western culture history, whatever, but
0: here, go for
1: it. Yeah, I'll I'll try to make it short. This is what I have seen, and I do not have a PhD, I don't have a (laughs) master's, you know, I do have a bachelor's in elementary education. So you can trust me, obviously. But this is kind of what I've seen the trend of uh American history, but how it's been recently. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, we have our Christian roots, you know, and so marriage right. has always been pretty valued. But then came along this little thing called the sexual revolution. And sorry for saying sex on your show. No, no it's, <laughs> it's all here. Yeah. Uh, the sexual revolution where suddenly people realize, like, we don't want to have to wait for marriage to have sex. Right. We think we are entitled to sex and we can get it however we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want. Mm. And we see the results of all that play out into so many different ways, you know, into the divorce rates, into the rise of homosexuality, into um, people sleeping around, Mm -hmm. um, the decrease in monogamous relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. It's like we have... our American culture has believed you are entitled to sex because sex is what is going to make you come alive. Sex is the answer to life. And so, I mean, we see that all over in Hollywood. That's like Mm -hmm. all of Hollywood, every single romance story, you know,
2: it's
1: crazy. You go on a date. Oh, they like you. Okay. Boom. Mm Sexing. You know, it's like, that's just what it is. And so, as a result of that, our culture has believed and idolized sex as kind of the reason for living in a sense. And that's what Mm -hmm. so many people say. You hear jokes all the time, you know? It's like, oh, you're a 32-year-old virgin? How could you even be happy with your life? Like, what?
0: Well, they made a whole (laughs) movie about it. Yeah. The The 40-year-old virgin. virgin. And I remember going on my 40th solo trip. I took a a solo trip on my 40th birthday and the Lord and I, like we were hashing through really hard things. And I was in a, I was getting to be in a really good season of my singleness. And I was staying in a hotel and I flipped on the TV and I was like, you have got to be kidding. (laughs) There's the 40 year old virgin on TBS. And I was like, just changing the channel. I just couldn't believe it. Like, it's like, that is my life. And yet it's being made fun of on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, on the screen. And that's a, that is a real source of shame. It has been a real source of shame in my own life. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, keep talking about that because that absolutely resonates.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry. That's been such a huge source of shame because I mean, realistically, like people need to hear like stories like that. You yeah. Know? Cause like. All that I'm saying right here, and I mean, whether this is actually what's going on or not, I mean, I believe it is, but like the idea that like sex is the answer to life, like your Mm -hmm. story flies in the face of that. And for you to be happy and satisfied, like just shows sex doesn't satisfy and that we really do need Jesus to be satisfied Mm -hmm. ultimately in the end. So I think Mm -hmm. like stories like yours are so important in this world. Mm. And um, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart.
0: And that's not, I mean, I share that often, but I didn't I never share it as like something I have accomplished in and of my own strength. That is okay. absolutely the supernatural protection of the Lord. And mm-hmm. I do not take that lightly at all. But it it has been, I mean, it's a thing that sometimes now where I don't uh sometimes I still rub up against the residue of shame because the enemy yeah. is a liar and he lies constantly. And I don't know until I rub up against it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not as whole as I thought I was. I constantly need Jesus. Um, but whenever I do share it, especially if it's a person like in my real life, like one-on-one and i and it comes up as, as a topic of conversation, I get embarrassed. Like, mm-hmm like illogically, irrationally embarrassed. And I'm like, I hate you, Satan. This is not a thing to be embarrassed of, but it is the culture that we're living in that we feel like we have to prove our chosenness in mm-hmm. some way. And Jesus choosing us is not enough. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I I definitely hear what you're saying and like all you're saying is definitely true, but like to give you a bit of comfort, like, I think like talking about that sort of stuff, it's kind of awkward and weird in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's like, like probably a good part of that embarrassment is just like, well, this is a very personal thing to be talking about. So like, yeah, yeah, it's just, anyways, we can leave that where it's at. Yeah. But, um, So I think what's happened though, is as this sexual revolution has grown and our culture has idolized sex, the church, and I guess maybe this is a good thing, but also kind of a bad, it's a, it's a bad thing wrapped kind of in a good package Mm -hmm. and that the church has kind of bought into that lie that you need sex to be happy. I mean, I guess our culture says sex and romance, sex and romance are the answers to life. Those two things together. Uh Um, So the church has kind of bought into that lie in a sense, but of course well, most churches, fortunately, have kind mm-hmm. of like held to the idea that it's like okay, but like sex is reserved for marriage, mm-hmm. so that's God's plan. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we're going to we're going to take this lie that society has and we're just going to wrap it up in marriage uh. and sell that now. So it's like now you need to be married. That's good, Philip. And so I think it's taken up until now like for that lie to kind of grow to the point where it's obvious that Uh it's hurting people. Yeah. And that it's causing people to not appreciate the path that God has them Uh on. It's caused people to think less of themselves. It's caused people to wonder why they are the way that they are, Uh you know? And I think that's why the conversation is just now starting to take place because Uh it's needed that amount of time for the real, like it's, taken time for this lie to really take root in the church and mm-hmm. now it's becoming evident that this lie is pretty widely believed you know like mm-hmm. i can pull a random christian i can pull a random person from almost anywhere and like mm-hmm. they will say whether they're christian or not that it's like yeah if you don't get married your life is going to be pretty miserable yeah you know and of course if it was a non-christian they would say like if you just don't have a relationship if you can't find someone, sure. your life would be miserable. Yeah, but I think like now, especially as we're having the whole conversation about homosexuality, mm-hmm. you know, like I think this conversation about singleness has to happen. Yeah, because the church is really crippled in their response to homosexuality, mm-hmm. because they're the biblical response for them is like, well, marriage is awesome; it's God's gift; it's beautiful; it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And singleness is terrible, but you can't get married. So, like Jesus, yeah. yeah. You know, but they don't really mean that. Mm-hmm. They just like, yeah, you can try to trust in Jesus, you know, but it's like they themselves like recognize in their hearts like, oh, gosh, yeah, you're you, sorry, dude. Like your life's going to be terrible, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like we need to have this conversation about this, yeah. like we need to recognize our idolatry of marriage in order mm-hmm. to appropriately respond to even the whole homosexual conversation, Yeah. LGBT- conversation and how we can even love these people well like if we Mm -hmm. can't love singles well can we really help people in the lgbtq Mm -hmm. community
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and to differentiate i mean if we can't love our straight single members of the body well and give them a place to belong at the table we -hmm. certainly aren't going to do that like you said i mean and so and that has been my story and i am um so thankful i'm so thankful that i've had that experience with the church growing up in the church and then a decade away really worked in ministry but had a job in ministry and there's a difference than like having a job to do and bringing yourself to the to the table um with a job In full-time ministry, but then carving out a space for yourself at a table in a family of God that like, there's not room for a single chair. (laughs) There's room for a couple of chairs, but there's not. And so just in this, the season of, of ask the Lord asking me to go back and trusting him. And would you try again and even drop the name of my church in my spirit. And I showed up and haven't looked back. (laughs) I mean, really have not looked back and he's been so sweet and kind in that. Um, I couldn't talk about this and have a podcast called unlearning the narrative of singleness. If I wasn't willing to try again, um, I I can't be a voice and a gift to the body of Christ if I'm not actively trying to be a part of it. And So it's been, it's been fun. And I think it's so necessary. Um, I love numbers. I don't really love numbers. That's a total lie. I don't know why I said that, but I do think statistics are super important. And when, and when almost half of the adult population in the United States is single in one way, shape or form, never married, divorced, widowed, but only a quarter of adults in the church make up single Mm -hmm. people like that matters. And um, we have this whole people group that we're not reaching uh, because we're so idolizing marriage. So I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful that this summit exists. Um, What are you most excited about? I don't even care if it's like a conversation, you know, every, I know you are excited. Everybody's going to be there. But what, cause you've seen it all. So what are you most excited about?
1: Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I say that like, how do you pick one thing? <laughs> um, I'll, one of the things I thought of off the top of my head was, um, I know, I know our culture is not a big reading culture anymore. Mm-hmm. We like videos. And so I mm-hmm. guess I'm just excited about that to give people this message in a different media form. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, like, I just, I really want singles to learn to be able to embrace the mm. path that God has them on. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I would, like, if we could do that, man, I just feel like the church would be able to take leaps and bounds ahead of where we are. Mm-hmm. And like, singles are so capable in so many ways. Yeah. Like, for me, myself, like, I remember, like, just wasting so much time trying to find that person,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and like. That's not necessarily bad, but like it all needs to be done in a balance. And like, I would just love to see singles be like, you know, if God has this for me. Awesome. Until mm. then I am going to follow God. Yeah. And that was like, I just feel like so many people would be able to experience freedom. So that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. I'm also really excited for um, just kind of introducing to more people. Juanita Fike. Uh, okay. 85 has never been married and she's grateful for the life she has, you know? Uh, and so I just think like, that's the future, you know. Yeah. Like anyone who's single and worries about, like I had that fear. Uh, like, what if I'm seventy and I've never been married? Oh my gosh, life is going to be terrible. It's like, well, I'm not there yet. Well, I, I won't ever be there because I'm married now. Right. I mean, I might end up being single when I'm seventy from like you know yeah. life can be crazy. Hopefully, that's. I mean, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. too much about that. I cause, know cause I'm talking about a death of a spouse, you know, or whatever, yeah. but like there's no promises. And in the end, God is our only promise. And Mm -hmm. she just exemplifies that Mm -hmm. she's grateful for the life she's been given. She had to wrestle with not being married Mm -hmm. for a long time, but like, she's grateful for where she is now. And so it's just like, for me that like, if I had heard that story when I was single, Mm -hmm. like that would have brought me so much comfort because Mm -hmm. it's like, I am, Projecting myself into this future spot and I'm terrified of it. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone in this future spot. Yeah. And then I meet her and it's like, she's there. Mm. She's happy. Christ is with her, you know, like it's possible. I do mm. not need to fear or worry about that thing mm-hmm. because she's in that spot. And Jesus is just as capable of providing in all ways, mm. you know? And so it's, I would I really just want more people to hear her story and just hear um that Christ is our sustainer, our true yeah. sustainer in all ways. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And
0: I'm excited to hear her story now too. Yeah. Oh man. And
1: well, that's put it on day one. So don't miss. Oh, it. Oh,
0: really? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's so good because I would I remember one of the keys for me in the Lord saying. Catherine, this is what you have to talk about. And, and I've been very honest. I've I've never wanted to have like talk about this publicly. Yeah. I, anything else, Lord, please let me talk about anything mm-hmm. else. Um, I because there was so much shame attached to it for so long. Right. But I remember I was going through um JP Jonathan Pacluda's book, Outdated, with a group of my teenagers um, a couple of years ago, and we were reading that book. And, um, she said, I asked the question, I said, how many of you guys would be honest enough to say that you are, it makes you scared. Like you're afraid of, of whether or not God would be calling you to a life of singleness or an extended season of singleness. And she said, it actually does because I have never met anyone who is older and single and happy.
2: Hmm.
0: And in that moment, I wanted to look at her and go, excuse me, you know me, I'm sitting right here. (laughs) But I, you know, as any good youth leader knows, it's not like about, it's not a good time to take a fear that that is um, being experienced, a legitimate fear that's being experienced by um, a 15 year old and make it about yourself. (laughs) But that was huge i was like i i need to i need to talk more i need to tell yeah. people more i i can't expect my kids or gen z in general to be comfortable with something they've never seen portrayed before and walked out mm-hmm. before and so for me as a 42 year old I don't know that I've ever met an 85 year old woman who has never been married before. And I need to hear her story because she is going where by all like, I don't know, the Lord's never told me um, yes or no. Um, But I, that might be me one day and I need to know where she's going so I can know how to get there too. Um, Cause I think that it would be, it would be a little, uh, presumptuous to say that I won't ever struggle with um, anger towards the Lord or frustration Mm -hmm. towards the Lord about my singleness. There are lots of things that come up and I'm like, this would be so much easier with a partner in life. This would be so much easier. Um, But the thing is, I do have a partner in life. I just cannot see him. Mm -hmm. And so that's, yeah, I'm excited about that too. Juanita Fike that's her name okay yeah day
1: one and we talk about her seminars single isn't second best book so okay I've heard bits and snippets of her story already but I think yeah I mean exactly what you're saying like more people need to talk about and the reason why it's so important for you and for others to talk about is because the message of singleness that is being shared right Mm. now is you know be the person you want to meet. You know, like trust God with your singleness, and then He'll bring the right, per- right person right. along. You know, it's like the message that's being shared is very difficult. Like it, it's fine for the people who get married at a young age. You know, yeah. that's doesn't it doesn't hurt them, but for the people who doesn't who don't get married at a young age, like it, it's crushing. Yeah, <laughs> because you like build up all these expectations. Like I have to get mm-hmm. married. I have to do this. Like. Mm-hmm. And the other difficult part with that too is like, I mean, from my own experience, and I know I shared this some in single isn't second place, yeah. but like I didn't feel equipped to be a single. Mm. I felt equipped to be married. And of mm-hmm. course, like I didn't know everything about marriage, but I felt the church had only equipped me yeah. for marriage, not for a lifetime of singleness. Yeah. And like that's just a terrible injustice because yeah. whenever we talk about singleness in the church, like from the pulpit. It's always about how to find someone. Yeah. That always seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. I uh, was in Israel, actually, <laughs> attending a church service and they're they going through Song of Solomon. So, I mean, great book, whatever, nothing mm-hmm. against the book. But they're like, and what's the application for this for single people? I'm like, well, save yourself for marriage. Mm. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, yes, that's good. That's totally biblical. But like, at the same time, like, you're asking them to constantly be preparing for something that they don't know if it'll ever come. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It is assuming a lot. It's assuming a lot. Um, on Valentine's day, um, uh, desiring God, the website, uh, posted an article from Eric Ortland. It is beautiful and it is all about, um, the song it's called the song of songs for singles and it is gorgeous and it is everything I want to shout about how, you know, marriage is a metaphor for how God loves us each individually as his kids. And every metaphor breaks down at some point. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't like, is marriage better? Is singleness better? But We know how marriage is better, quote unquote, like that's not a thing that is a surprise to us. We know it is a good gift. Um, We talk about singleness as a good gift, but we don't really believe it to be true. And one of the things that I am just in my own relationship with the Lord loving in my singleness these days is I, I don't have to live in a metaphor I get to live in the real thing now. Like I get to taste and see what that is going to look like in eternity future now. Now, so do married people like you can have that in your own personal relationship with Christ, but there is no one to get in the way of that. And that's, not cliche. That's not a thing that we've been told in youth group, like just as like a offhand like thing. That's a lived reality that I am growing in and Mm. it is beautiful. And so when people write beautiful words about the song of Solomon in relationship to single people, I want to shout from the rooftops and go, yes, he sees me. (laughs) He sees me. Um, and he sees all of my single friends because so often I have felt unseen and things like that. And so Mm. there's a, I think there's a way. I'm not gonna sit here and read the whole article, but I would say to anybody listening, go find it. It is so beautiful. I might link it in the show notes. That's absolutely what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna link it in the show notes. (laughs) Okay, because
1: I want to read it too.
0: Um, okay. So Philip, thanks so much for joining us. How can people find this summit? I'm going to link it all, but just tell us, um, how can people find the summit? How can people find you? How can people find your books? All of that.
1: Well, you can find me in the mountains. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'm not always in the mountains. Um, in the winter, it's a little bit hard to write in the mountains, unfortunately. Mm. Um, the summit is navigating Christian singleness Dot .com okay so go there um and they can, can go ahead and register of...
0: they yeah, can go ahead and register now right okay now. Um,
1: you can buy the the all access pass if you want if you don't want to that's fine obviously um mm-hmm. The all-access pass is $27 right now, but when the summit starts, it will jump up to $47. Okay. So, I mean, still $47 is nothing crazy. For three I mean, days, no. Yeah, I'm going to a writer's conference, and, like, I mean, it costs, like, $2,000 just to go to that. Wow. Because you, know? <laughs> you got to buy the hotel, you got to pay yeah. the conference, you got to buy the flights, you know, and so it's yeah. like... Forty-seven dollars compared to that is like, wow, that's pretty good. And they're Anyways. getting
0: extra things, right? So they're yeah, getting extra things. There's a lot
1: things. of extra things. Uh my friend Joshua Erickson, he's gonna offer his whole book uh um, oh wow as a PDF for people who sign up for the All Access Pass. Um yeah, there's a few extra sessions that will be in the All Access Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. So that'll be fun as well. Too one
0: is uh, with yours truly,
1: with yes. Connie. <laughs> yeah about yeah,
0: finding their place in church that's what connie told me she said your your interview is in the all access pass so
1: yes, anyway I'm, I'm excited for both your sessions yeah um so yeah and then as far as how you can find me Philip mm-hmm. wilder philip with one l wilder with one l too obviously <laughs> um but yeah you can find me on facebook instagram um i think on instagram and facebook i go by philip wilder author Okay. And you can also find my you can find my website, Philipwilder.com. Okay. Just like that. So nothing crazy there. But um you can find all my books there. You can even find some of my books that aren't published yet. Um, as far as what they're about. I don't send them around per se, but you can see what's up and coming. Mm -hmm. Uh publishers, if you're listening, I'd love to (laughs) talk to you. (laughs) Uh, but yeah. So love to connect. Um My heart is ultimately just in encouraging believers to adventurous and Christ-filled lives Mm -hmm. through wild steps of faith. And if you're single, finding your satisfaction in Christ is just step one. And that just opens the door for so many grand adventures. Mm -hmm. And I'd I'd love to talk to all of you listening about how to find God's God-given adventure for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, look at, look at any animal in creation, like even just a squirrel, like you can look at a squirrel, like them being able to run up and down trees, jumping from one tree to the next. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just a squirrel, but yet it's so amazing. Like God has designed them so intricately. God's designed uh, each of us so intricately. Uh-huh. Like how can we assume that God forgot to plan out our lives? Wow, or that's forgot so to good. give us an adventurous life. If he uh-huh. spent so much time detailing everything, like down to ice crystals, Expand mm-hmm. out to entire galaxies like it's everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's like God has an adventure store in store for each one of us. Yeah. And oftentimes what that means is us stepping out past fear, stepping out past what's comfortable. We need to step mm-hmm. into the uncomfortable and we need to be humble and be willing mm-hmm. to die to ourselves. But wow. if you do all those things, like the door is open to the craziest mm-hmm. adventures. <laughs> That's great. I love it.
0: Philip, thank you so much. And I am excited about the summit. I told Connie, I said, I cannot wait to see what God does with all of those voices in the same place on the internet and what kind of healing it's all going to just light a fire in people for. And um, yeah, thanks for being a pioneer in that and giving us a space to tell our stories.
1: Yeah, it's our honor. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great time. And hope this can be a huge encouragement to all of you listening.
0: Yeah, thanks. Oh, friends, the momentum I feel in my spirit after conversations like this. Admittedly, we have a lot of work to do, but I can't help but be so encouraged. When I was in my 20s and 30s, there were no resources like the summit that I was aware of. The only resources for singles were how to get unsingle and how to hold on to hope until you got married. And while there isn't anything inherently wrong with those resources, if those exist outside of resources like this summit that communicate there is nothing wrong with being single, that it is a valid, dignity-filled way to live in the body of Christ, we don't give our hearts the whole beautiful truth that a single Christ follower is a gift to the body of Christ as they are. So for those who are single, I hope you do the hard and holy work of investing in yourself with this summit. And for my married friends who want to lock arms with the single people in their lives, and especially those married friends who are in ministry, youth and college ministry, especially, this resource is a gold mine. And I pray you see it as such and seek to learn more. Until next time, friends, may Jesus, the word of God, be a lamp for your feet and a light on your path, especially if that isn't a path you would have chosen for yourself and communicate to your heart a worth no one else ever could.